Welcome to the Retirement Pilot with Steve Hoover. Please discard unnecessary fees and expenses before going through security. Check your emergency fund at the gate and securely stow your well-conceived portfolio in the overhead bin. And when we reach cruising altitude, remember, you are now free to move about retirement. Hey everybody, welcome into the podcast. Thanks so much for checking us out here on the Retirement Pilot. We are into December. We've got just a couple of episodes left to go this year in 2020. Steve and I talk about investing, finance, and retirement, and we're going to talk lifestyle. Maybe what is your retirement lifestyle? A couple of things that came across our uh, our minds as we were chatting the other day to do a podcast around, and so Steve's going to join me. We're going to chat about that. What's going on, my friend? How you doing? I'm doing great, Mark. How are you? Hanging in there, not doing too bad. You know, we were kicking around everything that's going on with uh, obviously the year and the pandemic and all these interesting things that have changed a lot of stuff. But what really doesn't change is the fact that at some point. Uh, hopefully anyway, we're all going to want to retire. And what is that going to look like for us? What kind of lifestyle do we want to have? And so we came up with a couple of things. You and I were chatting through a few of them. And one really stuck out that we were both uh, sharing some stories with. And so I thought we'd talk about that a little bit today. Because a lot of people, I mean, I guess coronavirus has changed things a little bit. But I think there's that urge, that wanting to get back out and do whatever it is that you're going to want to accomplish in your in your lifestyle. But one thing we had noticed, and I had noticed that a buddy of mine's doing this, he had just recently bought a camper. I mean, recently within like the last three weeks, uh, even with different restrictions and things going on. And he and his wife, he's retired military. So they are just taking their camper and going to different RV sites and so on and so forth. And, you know, they're they're like, look, we don't have to go to a hotel. We don't have to, you know, necessarily deal with all the coronavirus stuff because we're in our own little space that we just take with us. And I was doing some research. That's up over 2000% in the last six weeks alone, people purchasing RVs and campers. Kind of interesting. It is, you know, I, and it's funny, we were talking about, I had a, a client and we were talking about that and uh, my wife and I kicked it around. Wouldn't that be nice? You can get it, you know, get an RV and yeah. drive out to Colorado and you can do this and this. And then it was kind of funny. We, it sounds great. And then you get into the details <laughs> of it and it's like, okay, you get one of those kind of those mobile campers, if you will. I'm not talking a pop-up. I'm talking one, you know, on four wheels or whatever. So you're talking about when you drive. You, when you drive. Okay. Really and, big ones. Yeah. Yeah. And then you go through and you start reading all the things that you're going to be responsible for. You're going to have to be responsible for uh, keeping it clean. You're going to have to be responsible for putting in uh, drinkable water. You're going to have to be responsible for filling it up with water to take a, a shower. You're going to have to clean out the uh, septic system. So there, there are a lot of things that go on with the RVs. It sounds great. But then once you get into the logistics, it's like, uh, I don't know about this. this. This might be a little much. And then if it's too big a one, then you got to drag a, um, a car along, uh, along with you on the back. Yeah. Cause then, yeah. Cause you got to have, if you're going to go someplace, you need to get around, maybe run down to the local store or something like that. Yeah. You got to have another way to do it. Drive, yeah, besides driving that yeah, monster. So, yeah. And, and then I, um, another client of mine I was talking to has one and he said, you know, Every time I fill it up, it costs me like four hundred dollars to fill this thing up. <laughs> right. I'm like, oh my god. He says I can't even, you know, I can't even go half the state of Kansas on that. So a lot of people do it. You're right. It's up. People are getting in it. 
Um, but then sometimes I think once you get into the logistics of it, it's like, oh, wait a minute, this this may be a good one-timer thing, but this isn't going to be something I'm going to do the whole well, time. Well, you know, so let's talk about it for a little bit because a lot of folks, again, are, are thinking about different ways to enjoy possibly retirement. You know, many of us have these thoughts in our head or worries that, you know, are things forever altered? Will we be taking the big trips across the world and things of that nature? A lot of the stuff we would normally talk about, are we going to Florida, for, you know, for two weeks to Disney with the family? I mean, yes, it's still possible, but, you know, there's just been obviously a lot of pullback on that. And so when we were having this conversation, I was talking with my buddy about this, you know, part of the reason they decided to do it was also to distance themselves from their own children a little bit, because now that grandkids have come into the picture and they live nearby, they become built-in babysitters, right? So I I know a lot of retirees are facing that or pre-retirees as well, where they've got grandkids now and they they love seeing them, they want to see them, but they also want their own children to realize, hey, I did this, I raised you, you have to raise your kids as well. And so some people look at it as a nice way to do a buffer. Plus, you get to you know travel and see the country, be somewhat safe and somewhat, I guess, hermetically sealed in your own little bubble, if you will. But there is a lot to do to deal with, whether you do a full size like you're talking about or you do a fifth wheel or a pull behind pop up, whatever the case is. And I asked him, I said, how long do you think this is sustainable? Now, he's in his mid 40s, so they could certainly do this for a while. But if you're, you know, 60 you know, setting up the, you know, and it's pretty easy with these fancy ones now. Even if you're talking about a fifth wheel, Steve, you just press a button, they auto level, you know, things of that nature. But to your point, there's still a lot of little things that you've got to do. So it's an interesting thought about that lifestyle choice. Uh, Are you seeing more people curious about that? Because as I talk with different advisors across the country, like I said, it's really becoming very, very popular. You know, a lot of my clients have, and I've had one conversation with one, the other one that actually owns one, he's kind of gotten up in age and he's, he's kind of on his own. So he's kind of like, that's not really uh, something he wants to do. It's just sitting in a, a storage. So I haven't really talked to that many people, but I have read around here that the sales and rental of these have, have gone up. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. You know, things go up, you know, kind of ebb and flow, like the stock market goes up and it goes down. And, <laughs> yeah. You know, it always comes back to the median. So at some point, once we get through all this, People will still go, but it may not be as much. The peaks and valleys will even out. Well, whatever your lifestyle choice is going to be, you still have to fund it, right? And so you still have to plan for the X's and O's. Uh, You still have to do that portion of things, working with your advisor to make sure you're getting the needs done. Because it may be a little bit more affordable, I suppose, in some ways. Again, depending on the type of RV that you buy. Uh, If you're talking, you know, one of these big ones like you were talking about, Steve, I mean, they're over 100,000 bucks, you know. So if you've got to fund that, you got to think about that in that way. And we were also talking about just in general retirement lifestyles, coronavirus has, has kind of reset some folks thinking in some ways. Now, maybe there'll be a huge push later on to get back out and do all the stuff we want to do. But the front porch life has also really become a, a lot more attractive to people. All through this 2020 season, we've heard what's called the Corona Purchase. A lot of people buying um, and doing renovations to their home and saying, you know what? I'm going to hunker down and and maybe not just do as many things, even not even just now, but moving forward, I'm going to spend the money and invest in my home so that I can, you know, kick back on the front porch and chill, you know, kind of like our great grandparents might have done. But now you're doing it with a, a pool or a hot tub or a pool table, you know, or whatever you have in your house. But you kind of have that more uh, relaxed, uh, easygoing at home lifestyle. I've seen that quite a bit. I'm kind of in that way as well. We We still make an effort to see friends spread out uh, outside typically. 
but yeah, we've, we've kind of looked at it that way too. And it's, it's kind of pulled a little bit of the stress out of, out of things where you're not running yeah. here and there. And we do a lot of dinner clubs and, you know, we obviously haven't been able to do those uh, very much uh, if at all. And it relieves a lot of the, the stress over the weekends or maybe during the week of running here to there and so on. It's a nice break. I don't foresee it being permanent for me or for my wife and I. I think once we kind of get it going, we like to get out. We like to do things. We like to go to the theater, not movie theaters, but, you know, jazz concerts and things like that. So I think once we're once this is kind of all behind us and we get a little more comfortable, we'll, we'll continue to do that. But right now, as you say, kind of reset. It's kind of nice. You don't have to feel stressed or obligated to do all this different uh uh, running around. And, and a lot of my clients are just, they've kind of felt the same way. They just kind of say, you know what, I'm just going to take this as a break time for a little bit. And then when things get better, I'll kick it back up and, and we'll see how much they kick it up. Do they go back to the way it was? Some may and some may not. Yeah. Well, and one of the things I was thinking about, Stephen, we're talking about, because very often, you know, it's pretty standard in in this industry that so many people, if you have 10 people come through your door that you haven't talked to before. Probably all 10 are pretty sure that they don't have enough money for retirement. And that might be a little high, but pretty close. Most people feel like they're behind on their retirement savings and getting ready for retirement. Probably seven out of those 10 are probably incorrect. They're probably in better shape than they are. Most people don't realize they're in better shape than what they are until they actually come in and sit down and get a plan put together and run the numbers. But if you're thinking about a couple of different styles of uh, lifestyle choices in retirement, you know, again, funding that goes a long way. And right now, that that front porch kind of reinvest in the home, you know, or maybe the home is pretty much where you, you know, got a lot of the things you already want. It's a fairly economical way to retire, and it doesn't. If you are behind the eight ball, so to speak, it's not that you know that's not the worst position to think about being in because you can still retire comfortably, maybe just not with all the excess. Does that make sense? Totally. And I think that's, I totally agree with you on that. I think most people come in, they don't think they've, they've saved enough. But then again, you have to look at what they need. And, you know, everybody hears all the different numbers. You need to have X amount of money. Well, I, you know, you need to have $2 million saved. Well, I don't have $2 million saved. Well, there's a reason why you don't, because you, to save $2 million in, in retirement, if you will, you have to have made a significant amount of money um, for a number of years working and be able to save, you know, during that time period. Right. And in the vast majority of people aren't, are not making six figures, mid six, you know, six figure incomes are making 70, $80,000 a year. They're putting kids through, through school and, and doing the best they can. And sure. There are rare, a rare occasion while I see somebody that, that has been able to save that much earning $70,000, $80,000 a year. It's, it's just almost impossible to do it. But they hear on the news and read, you know, you got to have $2 million saved or you're going to go broke and so on. And it's really, no, it's all about cash flow. It's all about what you need. Um, there are some people who just don't need a lot and their social security and a little bit of the money they pull out of their savings is going to satisfy them. And they're just fine with it. You know, they like to go fishing. They like to hunt. They like to sit on their porch. They're, they're not travelers. They're not golfers. They're not boaters. So each individual is totally different. And just because one person has a couple of million saved doesn't mean that, that they don't think they need more because some of them right. have leveraged themselves so high that they do need that. Right. So it really is an individual basis. And I talk to people and say, look, you, you, you have enough. Now, 
what kind of throws most of them is if they have a health issue that comes up where they have a stroke or dementia on Alzheimer's or something like that, that, that comes in, that can throw numbers way off, but those can be planned for. And that's why having a plan is so important because you can plan for those and just say, okay, that were to happen, we've recovered. So it, it's all about planning and it's all about individual needs and wants. You know, you have needs, but then you have wants. And then when things get bad, you know, like we are right now, people are just dealing with the needs. You know, the wants yep. are going on hold. Yeah, very true. So, well, it's all about what the retirement lifestyle, your choice that you want it to be. And really the idea is that, you know, make sure you're, you're having these conversations with your significant other, because that goes a long way in determining what you both want to see happen, whether you're, uh, you know, maybe one of you is all about, you know, wanting to play as much golf as possible, or the other one's all about, uh, you know, in normal times, you know, being able to get out and go to restaurants and concerts and sporting events and so on and so forth, whatever it looks like, or the RV life, you know, we're just traveling together or sitting on the front porch, whatever it is, make sure you're communicating with each other, get on the same page, and then communicate and work with your advisor to figure out how to best fund that scenario, that lifestyle that you want to have in retirement. Uh, there's always ways to get through these things, no matter what it might be. So uh, if you've got that RV in mind, hey, make sure that you've spent the time, do the diligence uh, and talk through it and then fund it and plan it properly so that you can enjoy your retirement lifestyle. And really at the end of it, Steve, it's just just follow your passion, right? Whatever it is, just, you know, do the thing that, I mean, that's the point of retirement, isn't it? We try to get there so that we can enjoy those golden years doing some of the things we've always wanted to do, no matter what it is. Oh, absolutely. And you've got to, you got to have a plan. I always tell people before they retire, have a plan, have an idea of what you're going to do. Don't wake up the day after you, you're retired <laughs> and go, okay, what am I going to do now for the next 25 to 30 yeah. years? Because most people are going to be retired, if you will, or permanently unemployed, if you will. <laughs> But, you know, their choice Yeah. Um, for 25 to 30 years. What are you going to do? Yeah, because if I you mean, do that, if you do wake up, that's how you end up with that $100,000 RV that you really don't want to have to take care of after all, right? <laughs> right. And then you have maintenance, you have all the taxes and insurance and all that. So, and if that's what you want to do, make sure it's part of your plan. Yeah, and, yeah don't and, impulse buy something like that. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. Have, have a plan and kind of have an idea of what you're going to do. Yeah. Um, I want to end on one thing sure. here. I think we're probably at kind of the end. I want this is not philosophical, but I've talked to a number of my clients about this and we've had some good conversations. A lot of people are saying, we've never been through anything like this. Sure. And total, I totally understand. Other than if you were around in, when the Spanish flu was, was around back in that last pandemic a hundred years ago. Right. Very few were alive back then. Uh, actually, I have one client who's turning 100 in a couple of weeks. So um, she sort was of the tail born end of right around that. Flu. Yeah, born. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But- but, but here's, here's, I want to kind of put this in perspective and I'm the first one to say, I hate this. I just, this whole situation is just not pleasant. You know, I don't like being restricted on, you know, certain things. I understand them and that's fine. Sure. Uh, nobody likes to I wear think, a mask. I think a lot of us that do, way, yeah. Yeah. You do what you have to do. Nobody likes to do that. Okay. That's fine. And yeah, we haven't had a pandemic like this since for, for over a hundred years, but this is something that we'll get through. It's something that it really isn't going to be a long-term issue. There's going to be some long-term damage to certain businesses and to certain lives. But if you can get through this healthy, you know, all we have to do is remember back to, it's called the greatest generation, if you will. And you know, Tom Brokaw wrote a great book called The Greatest Generation. And that's a World War II group. My grandparents, some people's parents, 
Uh, but basically my grandparents, the, the ones that, that fought World War II who went through it. And if you look back on that time period, what we're going through is really stressful, but nothing like what they went through. I mean, they went through where they didn't know if their loved one was coming back. Millions of, of soldiers were killed, maimed, um, permanently disfigured from the war. Um, the mental mentally, aspects, yeah. And mental aspects, millions. You had gas rationing. You had food rationing. You had the, the worry that um, we would lose the war and we would be, be run by the, the victors. So you had that stress. And that went on for four years, almost five years. So, and they got through it and they prospered and they moved on. And I think that's how we have to look at this. This isn't the end of the world. Mm -hmm. It's something that is a pain, but we'll get through it. Viruses don't last forever. We're also going to know how to attack a virus like this, a, a pandemic like this in the future. Hopefully it's I'm dead and buried by the time another <laughs> one comes around. All of us, right? Yeah. But we have to learn from this and we also have to keep it in perspective. And we will, I think we'll be fine. We'll have some pain, but if we can make it through this, we're going to be better off uh, in the long run. So uh, that's kind of how I've kind of looked at this thing. We've lived through worse. We got through it. We prospered. We're going to be okay. Very well said. With that, we're going to wrap it up this week here on the show. Thank you so much for listening to the uh, to the Retirement Pilot with Steve Hoover and myself. So as it comes to the lifestyle choices, have those conversations, talk with your significant others, talk with your advisor, and get a plan in place to tackle whatever it is your retirement lifestyle is going to look like for you. And we'll see you next time here on the show. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeart Stitcher, if this has been sent out to you through one of Steve's uh, uh, emails or things of that nature, and you're just now finding us, go ahead and subscribe to us. That way you get updates on when new episodes come out. Very simple. Most smartphones nowadays have many podcasting apps pre-installed. If you're an Apple user, for example, you already have Apple Podcasts on there. Just open up the app, type in the search box, the Retirement Pilot. You should see it pop right up. Hit the heart button and that'll subscribe you. That's all it takes to do it. Uh, and it's very simple and easy to do and no cost to you as well. So subscribe to the show if you'd like, if you want to get more episodes as they come out. And don't forget, if you have any questions or concerns, always check with a qualified professional before you take any action on anything you hear on this show or any others as it relates to uh, your financial situation, because you need to talk about your specific situation. And you can always call Steve if you need some help at 913-685-3207 or go to wealthpartnerskc.com. We'll see you next time. For Steve, I'm Mark. We'll catch you later here on The Retirement Pilot. Stay safe and sane, folks. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.